Tulsa Oilers football is coming to the Blitz 1170. Yes, that is correct. We are going to have a select number of Tulsa Oilers football games in the IFL here on 1170. And on nights in which we have a conflict with OSU baseball, we will have them on our HD2 FM channel. Coming up very shortly, I believe game one for the Oilers on the road. First two weeks are on the road, but game one comes your way Friday night, the 24th here on the Blitz 1170. All right, it is 144. Let's uh, check in as we do every single week with Tulsa Bone and Joint, TulsaBoneandJoint.com, and the great Dr. Christopher Crane joining us here on the Blitz. What's up, Dr. Crane? How are you today? I'm good. How are you, Jeremy? Doing well today. Um, I wanted to talk to you today about knee replacement. I feel like that I am surrounded by multiple people within the last six to eight months that have had this either total replacement dumb or, or so, some version of it. So I thought, you know what, I want to talk to you a little bit about this today. Um, it's still wild, and I do think that there are some misconceptions about the knee replacement surgery. Uh, there are a variety of different type of procedures that you can have, and, and Dr. Crane, I thought we'd talk about some of those today, uh, including the, the total knee replacement, um, the minimally invasive, uh, invasive version, the partial knee replacement, and some other options. So uh, I'll kind of give you the floor about just how far that we've even come when it comes to the total knee replacement. Um, and let's just call it over the last decade or two. It seems like that this procedure, albeit some significant risks that still come along with it, not anywhere even remotely close to how I remember this being as a kid. Well, I think one of the, the bigger changes that's that's really been championed in the last few years is that these are much more frequently outpatient surgeries that you get these done and you go home that they do not necessarily have to keep you in the hospital for a lot of these cases uh, and so you sleep in your own bed not in the hospital room with the IV beeping all night and that's just that alone I think helps some of the recovery they're they're much better about getting you moving pretty well right away too and so I I think that the the main benefits from that are just hard to overstate, but the other changes going on that gets a lot of discussion are just the precision that they're they're getting in these instruments and then a lot of the fitting that they do to your specific knee, measuring out exactly the cuts that they're going to make so that the, the implant they're going to put in the knee, the replacement actually fits you well and, and just measures well. They can even do that with robotic surgery, although just how much better that is than what we currently do uh, by hand is is actually a little debatable. It's it seems to be comparable, so it's really come a long way, and it's something that I see a fair bit of in my clinic. Just patients that have advanced arthritis in the knee, uh, that bone on bone that we're always not wanting to have to talk about, but um, the, as that joint space just narrows and narrows, and resurfacing the knee with a replacement like this ends up being the main option. There's different approaches and I'm not a surgeon so I don't necessarily know every detail right. and every facet but partials being kind of good ideas for certain areas if it's really all in one area of the knee as opposed to more commonly throughout the whole knee as we talk about um, it, it can be as simple as resurfacing underneath the kneecap 
uh, or doing just the inner edge of the knee, which is the most common place for that to wear out, uh, or the total knees, which again do do pretty well recovery-wise uh, compared to even a couple decades ago. And uh, it just kind of tailors personally to what you need as the patient and what your knee is like and what your activities is like on a day-to-day basis. So you talked a little bit earlier about the benefit of out, outpatient. Um, yet getting home and being in your own environment, um, the comforts of home, so to speak, um, it reduces a lot of the issues of acquired complications that come along with just the hospital stay. And is there research that shows that you, there's actually a way to recover faster and have a more pain-free recovery when you're doing this in an outpatient type procedure where you're back at home? Because I've marveled at everyone that I've talked to about what they do once they get home and they're back at home. You know, the steps they have to go through, the physical therapy uh, that they get to. I mean, it's it's dialed in almost like you would, you, you're just simply moving all of that, what you would be doing in general, to your home um, and I guess I'm kind of amazed at how much quicker that this actually happens in terms of recovery with being at home than somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, it comes down to a lot of different things. It comes down to the comfort level. Now you're in a familiar place. You sleep better in that. Just that sense alone, a lot of healing gets done while you're asleep. And so quality sleep ends up being something that's important no matter what you're talking about, whether that's surgery or injuries that you have. And so I think the sleep component is something that's that's very important. And also just, I mean, your usual level of activity, you get back to faster. There's only so much you could do in a hospital getting up and walking around. And so kind of it helps you be more active when you don't feel so confined to a hospital bed. And so there's definitely some benefits to that. I mean, they really do want you moving quickly right away. They want you walking on this. They want you getting back to motion and most of your normal kind of day-to-day activities, we're kind of shooting for about four weeks, three to six weeks for getting back to those types of things. Um, and especially if they're lower impact type things, uh, people that like ellipticals and bikes uh, have a particularly good outcome. If you're a runner, it's it's a little tougher because that running and that repetitive impact is a little bit rough on the replacement itself and kind of shortens that lifespan a little bit. You want these to last as long as you can. So certain activities like running are ones that you probably are advised against when you have that knee replacement. Uh, and so just getting you back to activity and making sure that it's it's going to help you get the longest amount of time out of that replacement that you can. Uh, so I was looking at the website, um, TulsaBoneandJoint.com, and looking at the services. And underneath, it has the minimally invasive knee replacement. How would you begin to describe the minimally invasive version of of a knee replacement procedure? Yeah, I mean, the main issue with that is usually trying to make a smaller scar, trying to use a robotic uh, assist to have tools that can use a smaller incision and to get the same process done, but through either a smaller window. I mean, it's still a replacement surgery to some degree. It is invasive. We're yeah. going into the knee. We're resurfacing the knee. Um, but if we can reduce the amount of healing that has to happen in terms of scar size and in terms of the actual work that gets done around the knee, then hopefully that helps improve the recovery. And again, for some patients, that's a particularly appealing thing. 
and so that's an option that's available. Uh, I will say that the, the robot is still pretty new. Uh, I don't think every surgeon's trained on that, uh, but it's getting more and more popular, and it's getting more widespread as that sort of proliferates and gets more training out there. So it's it's just another option. There's there's quite a few ways to do this. I think once early on in my time in this program, we talked about one of the metal-on-metal metal replacements that uh, I think it was, was it Andy Roddick, one of the tennis players, was yes. getting. Um, and so, I mean, that's an even less common option, but for him, it was the exact type that he found best for returning to his type of activity and sport. So again, it's, it's a very, there's not a one size fits all with this. They're very much measured to your knee and the, even the type of surgery that you undergo is tailored to what your needs are and, and what your activity level will be after the surgery. In the early days, was it kind of viewed as a one-stop shop because you know you you talk about you know measured uh, the exact measurements that they have for the type of replacements and, and prosthetics that are going to fit you perfectly uh that even seems to be a little bit different where was it a time where this was kind of a one one size fits all type type of uh, replacement and how more likely now with the um technology with where we're at and the outpatient procedure, is it in some cases easier to just go the full replacement route than maybe some of the other procedures? Uh, it can be. I mean, in the sense that the total knee really has only been around since the late 60s. I mean, we've only gotten better at it in a relatively medically short amount of time. And so it tends to be that these just get more and more precise. They get more and more refined. We're trying to make them last longer. We're trying to make them have less complications and work smoother. And and it's it's a long-term thing. I yeah. think that when it comes to the measurements, it's just how many options that we have, how many different parts and sizes and measurements they have to try to get this to be exact. Um, and a lot of it really comes down to the patient. And again, just personalizing this to what they need. Not everybody's knee is the same size. You know, everybody's height differences, body size differences. You, you want options. And so having that available and having those options is key. And so that's part of the training of the surgeon is to not just do the same exact surgery to every patient and to know how to make this work for each person. Uh, in terms of recovery, once we get to a certain point here, uh, I know you said, you know, typically within four weeks, I can tell you my grandfather was in his 80s who had this done not too awful long ago. I was shocked at how quickly that he was up, obviously using some sort of support and, and a brace with a walker, right, to get that. But they, they want you up and active and trying to get blood flow back to that as soon as possible. I, I was kind of stunned by how quickly sometimes the process can go in terms of recovery. Absolutely. They want you moving these usually same day or at least very soon after the surgery. Same with hips that we, we see uh, replacements there too. The early motion helps. It helps keep those muscles active. You don't want this getting stiff or weak. And you, you know, there's even some surgeons that will do prehab where you go to physical therapy before the surgery to get those muscles as strong as you can. And then once you have the replacement, you still have that strength to help you through that motion and through that recovery. And so it's a very early process. Uh, the one interesting fact I was reading, um, mostly being a difference in, in size, in, in side, but the right leg, you get back to driving a little slower than your left, which makes perfect sense. Um, you know, it, just needing it to be a little more 
able to react quickly yeah. to traffic. Um, the other thing I read that was kind of funny is that uh, golf in particular, uh, you can get back to that also pretty quickly uh, with knee, although it did say that they had noticed a tiny drop in average drive distance when you've had your <laughs> knee replacement. So yeah. uh, I think it's a trade you're willing to make when you're, your knee's been hurting that bad for that long, but I thought that was a funny study. Yeah, there's no doubt, no doubt. Uh, last one for me on this is is that the Union Pine Surgery Center that you guys have through Tulsa Bone & Joint uh, is that outpatient setting, and it's the only one right in the Tulsa area that offers like total joint replacements at, at Tulsa Bone and Joint. I know when this first opened up, I talked with Dr. Stanley about this quite a bit, but uh, it's uh, it's pretty impressive. When I say one-stop shop, I mean, Tulsa Bone and Joint has everything, including the uh, Union Pine Surgery Center, Doc. And, and how much, uh, how, how beneficial is that to have that, you know, within your, w- within your group there uh, to try to get your patients back um, to feeling as best as you can, as quickly as you can. Oh, it's exceptional. It's great to have that on campus. You know, it's right next to the offices that we're using. Uh, there, I mean, there are surgeons that will do surgeries over there for part of the day and then go to clinic for part of the day, and it's all on the same campus. That's just incredibly helpful to them and to the patients, too. They're familiar with the area. They know where to go. If they have questions, they know who to call. I think it's, it's, it's just helpful to have everything centralized on one site makes it simpler on the patient, makes it simpler for everybody. Indeed it is. As someone that has used it multiple times, it is uh, family-friendly and uh, makes it that much more convenient for everyone. Dr. Crane, thank you so much for today. Really appreciate it. We'll check in again with you next week. Absolutely. I'll see you then, Jeremy. That is Dr. Christopher Crane joining us here on the Blitz 1170 from Tulsa Bone & Joint. Check them out online, tulsaboneandjoint.com, 918-392-1400. They can get you in touch with any of their campuses that they have, which includes Tulsa, Bartlesville, Owasso, Sand Springs, and also there in Midtown for physical therapy.